Welcome back to the Get More Podcast, where we're going to get you more money, more marketing, more business strategy, more community, and just more of the good stuff that you need in your life every day. Y'all, I am so excited. I feel like I should have recorded the whole beginning of this conversation because we just had (laughs) the best chat, the best time catching up. She is from across the pond, and I love getting to say that, however stereotypical American that sounds, uh, and just learning what life has been like for them during COVID versus what it's living like for here. We're going to chat some business fun stuff. And I'm just super, super excited for y'all to hear this accent because I am living for it because I just sound like whatever. I'm just here. Uh, But I am so excited. We are kicking off Just Start April. So All of this podcast this month is going to be about just starting, just start the thing on your heart, just start the idea, start the business, start the relationship, the friendship, whatever it is that you're doing that you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to do it. Just start. Everything starts with starting. And so I am super excited to have Miss Lucy Cox here. If you just want to tell us who you are, how you got here, tell me some fun, exciting details. I need to know everything. (laughs) Well, hi, Cassie. And do you know what? I'm now so conscious of my accent. It's like I I didn't even occur to me before. We have this different accent. So, yeah, thank you for that. And do you know what? I love the fact that this whole thing is about just start. And honestly, if if everyone could hear the conversation we were having before, we were absolutely putting the world to right. We've been chatting for about 45 minutes talking about politics and, you know, this crazy, crazy world that we live in at the moment. And then you just switch. You switch into profession mode. You're like, yeah, this is my podcast. and This is what we're doing. You just started it. It was wonderful. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Lucy Cox and I'm a business and confidence coach for female uh, entrepreneurs here in the UK. Um, And I've been doing this job for um, about eight years and I am so passionate about female enterprise and helping women to overcome those challenges that they're not absolutely uniquely female, but they are predominantly female challenges. And having worked in this industry for such a long time, you can't help but notice the same things coming up again and again and again. And every conversation I have, it just fuels me even more that this is absolutely the right thing I want to do. You know, helping women, empowering women to find the courage to achieve what they've always been capable of is my jam. That's what I do. Um, And can I just say, Cassie, as well, your cat has just come to life behind you. That Everyone else, you you can't see this. Cassie has the most amazing cat palace behind her. And this cat has just started going nuts. So (laughs) very entertaining. Cat life, y'all. Cat life, cat life all the time. Yeah. She slept for the whole beginning of the conversation <laughs> she because she knew there was no recording and nothing was happening. And now she's like, oh, we clicked record. I need to be yeah. involved. You said cat this was going to happen. You, it's it's like you could see the future. <laughs> this has happened she, before, obviously. She knows. She knows when the camera is recording. She knows when there's audio. And she knows that she has a jingle collar. <laughs> she knows. Well, I have a very old man cat sat on my lap that every now and again just meows when I stop stroking his backside. So, um, yeah, if you if you hear, hear a meow, you can kind of pick which side of the pond that meow is coming from. <laughs> So what was kind of like a defining moment, you think, when you knew that you needed to start doing this kind of business that you're doing when you were like, I need to help people do this? Was there like a moment or had you been trying to do so many things where you just like pulled from all these different aspects and created it? 
or did you just wake up and be like oh I know what I'm doing yes yeah do you know what I think I've always wanted to wake up and go I know what I'm doing but it's it's never happened and I'm sure everyone can kind of relate to that I I always say I I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm 42 you know you just think actually I've got to hurry up and make a decision here but it's it's a long story which I'll try and shorten down for you but in in 2012 um my sister and I started a business and it was a product-based business and anyone that wants to go and check it out it's uh, the website is myholto.com and it's a it's a Holtonex strap cushion that fixes onto Holton X swimwear and stops that knot, that cheese wire effect, digging in the back of your neck. It's genius. And we started this business and it's a predominantly female business, obviously. Um, and it's aimed at women that have, um, we always thought it was like super large chest sizes, but actually it's anything above a, above a C cup really is people find this problem. And looking at your face, you can totally relate to this problem. Yeah. Um, yes, she's nodding profusely. Um, and what... What was lovely is that this was our first business. This was our first kind of launch into self-employment, our first launch into entrepreneurship and experiencing everything on that visceral level that I've never experienced before about, you know, putting yourself out there, taking the risks, you know, financially, emotionally, socially, all of these things happening um, and totally taking ourselves outside of our comfort zone and learning on the job. You know, it's, it's almost like one of those Tom and Jerry cartoons where they're running and they're, they're laying the tracks of the train in front of them as they're going. You know, you sort of talk in a good talk like you know what you're doing. But in the background, it's it's chaos. And we, we still run that business now. But that took us on a journey from uh, we started the business when my daughter was three months old and my sister was pregnant. So, you know, we, we've never not run a business without young children and all the challenges that that brings right the way through to I think it was in 2018 we appeared on um, Dragon's Den do you have that in America or do you have Shark Tank or what's your we have Shark of- Tank you have Shark Tank yeah so we, we went on that um and faced the sharks or the dragons or whatever you call them so that was massively out of our comfort zone and I I was saying to Cassie before this you know where we live in the UK we're in this very rural like we're out of the city we we felt like Dorothy in in the Emerald City where we went up to Manchester to go and film this it's like what is this place so so we we went through all of that but but what was really interesting is we started off with a product-based business it was an idea that we wanted to bring to market and what we ended up with is a brand that was so proactively championing women positive body image um feminism everything to do with the challenges that women have not only to start businesses but but around everything and it became really evident to my sister and I that this this is what lit the fire beneath us the product almost became the vehicle to be able to bring that out and and it evolved from there and in in I think it was 2014 I started working as a business coach alongside and to be able to bring this up and, and a women's enterprise manager actually for a couple of years before that and, and to be able to bring this this frontline experience of of running my own business and all of those challenges into my coaching practice was phenomenally powerful so over the last eight years that I've been working as a as a business coach you know my practice has very much been refined to women and the unique challenges that that women have in business and so that's how I ended up doing what I what I'm doing now and like I say I I just I think it 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 dawned on me about two years ago that this is what I want to do when I grow up like this is it it's finally clicked you know you hit 40 and this is what I want to do when I grow up so that's so important so when I so like growing up 
it was always businessmen. It was just like businessmen, men owned businesses, men ran things. I didn't have like a female boss probably until I was like in college. And even then I had a female manager and then we had male store directors. It wasn't so not that I thought that women couldn't. I was like, oh, they just don't want to. And I really just was like, well, that's not what they wanted to do because there were female CEOs and executives. And I was like, okay, that's what they wanted to do. And I didn't think I ever wanted to like run anything really big, but it was never, no ladies really starting businesses, I guess at that point. And there, I didn't have any examples looking around. I was just, oh, well, celebrity females have things, but they're like celebrities. So like, of course they start brands. Yeah. Which is Kylie Jenner. She's like a bazillionaire. And I'm like, she's a business owner. I am nothing like Kylie Jenner. So it's like so unobtainable. And I kind of like never really acknowledged that there were a lot of women in business until I started to get the idea to be like, oh, maybe. And then my immediate research to that was like male entrepreneurs, just for them to teach me what to do. Because it's like, oh, this is like a weird thing. And now in the coaching space, all of my coach friends are females, but we all kind of found each other because male hustle culture was so awful. And we were like, none of this aligns. None of this feels good. So did you like go through that hustle? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were so lucky because my mother, so when we were growing up, my mother was so naturally entrepreneurial. And I I think it it wasn't, it was slightly different with with us in as much as we did see her starting businesses. We did see her taking risks and doing this sort of stuff, but it was more the scale of what you would class female enterprise towards male enterprise. It was, it was blokes that were running the big business. That was the serious business. They they were the CEOs and and the women, it was almost, you know, trying to monetize a hobby, but it was only ever going to fit in around the kids. Or it was, you know, it was never taken in in the same seriousness. And, And I think that's only changed quite recently in the mainstream. And even back in sort of 2012, 2013, when we were starting this um, Holternet business, we, exactly like you, you know, we, we didn't know how to do this. We were looking for support. And the only support we could get was from male coaches. And they, I mean, not only did they not get the problem, like they honestly did not see what the problem was that we were trying to fix. But the I don't explain we- boob. Yeah, protection oh, no, exactly. oh, and carriaging to like my husband's like oh this dress is so cute I'm like this spaghetti strap is this like it's good I'm going to break my, it. my boobs are down by my belly button I'm right like now. I can't I gotta strap these things down I like to go running they need support exactly. so and they hurt if they don't get support and you know it's, it's the whole thing but we, we learn very early on you know to just get straight in there it's like we talk about boobs we, we make it fine to talk you know we, we would tell everybody in the meetings what our bra sizes were and, and why this was such a challenge for us and but it, what we were finding is that the people sat opposite the table that the people that were there to coach us were so uncomfortable with having that conversation that they were shifting in their seats and they didn't you know they were apologizing for using the wrong terminology or whatever it might be and, and thinking that they were going to be insulting us that it became quite prohibitive and not only did we get an incredible amount of patronizing quite prohibitive coaching but we didn't necessarily get the same opportunities because of it because you know they wouldn't necessarily put us forward for things because they didn't get what the problem was um so it was it was really really interesting and it wasn't until we met so we, we actually gave up we gave up on the business before we launched it we, we've been trying to launch it for sort of three or four years and if 
effectively, you know, we've got two brand new mums taking, you know, babies that are breastfeeding in meetings and things and to factories. And, you know, it was just crazy. And I'm not being taken seriously. We just felt that we were hitting the same walls over and over again. And it, and it wasn't until, and again, he, he was a male coach actually, but he was, he had this different approach. He, it was all around serendipity and trusting your gut. It was a very right brain approach to business that this chap had. And he was a phenomenally successful business person. He'd sold his, his business for millions. Um, but everything was around, you know, having the courage to say yes to things when you feel you shouldn't and just trusting that things are going to work out. And it felt very different. Um, and it was that, that that got us back on our feet. Um, but no, we absolutely found that. And, and it wasn't until probably in the last maybe four or five years that, that certainly here in the UK, we've been presented in a much more mainstream way, female role models. And it's, it's interesting because now I have a daughter. She, she's nine years old and I talk very openly about you know mummy runs a business and this is what mummy does and mummy's got to work and because it's like you know you've it's not about waving a magic wand and this stuff just happens it's about showing your kids that you do have to work hard for it but if you work hard for it then your opportunities are equal to everybody else or at least they should be you know that's that's what was driving I don't know if that answers your question I'm a waffler Cassie so feel free to like it it's so it's so important to have those conversations especially when people are just starting out because if they're not already surrounded like I've built like a community of people who do this but when I was starting out I don't know who I should look to where to get coaching what's gonna feel good like male coaches like when I started they were like strategy 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 here's your here's your market plan. My first launch was just a gosh awful nightmare. I didn't sell anything. I was just up all day, every day. Just it felt, it felt awful, but they were like, this is how you're going to make all this money. And I was like, I would like to make some money. And it wasn't about, oh, here's helping what you, what you have to bring. They're like, how do you make money with it? And my coaches that I have now, they're like, who are you helping? How can you help them? Yeah. Maybe talk about that. Maybe not be like, oh my God, if I don't make bajillions of dollars, like my whole life is going to fall apart. Like that was the only priority because that masculine energy is just like productivity, financial reward. You are number one on top of everything. And I'm just like, I really just want to help people. And it just happens that now I make money doing that. It's, it's so interesting that you say, you know, far more female coaches than male coaches now, because it, it, it is a natural complementary industry for women I think you know you we're natural empaths our left brain and right brain are connected in a very different way we are natural listeners community builders and I think because of that we lend ourselves so much more to being that coach and, and there's a very there's a very significant difference between a coach and a mentor you know you can have a mentor showing you what to do and a coach is much more around developing that relationship into one of vulnerability that you can really help somebody to identify what the best way forward is for them you know they're coming up with their own solutions and that's far more powerful you know this isn't about getting it right or wrong this is about empowering you to make those right decisions so I think it's absolutely right that there's there's more females doing that at the moment and I think the world is a better place for it to be honest yeah 100% because for as emotional as people think we are, as women, at least we're emotional about the right things, caring about how other people feel and how people are doing and not always profits over people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's probably like one of my favorite like phrases I ever hear. It's like people over profits. Yeah. If you, because it does not matter if you have the best strategy, the best plan, if 
that plan is just draining somebody's life force if they're not happy doing it, if it doesn't feel good, if it's not sustainable, if they're going to leave your program and they're going to be worse off than they were before because they didn't learn anything actually real to implement for their going forward. So I feel like that's something that people feel like they fail in business a lot if they come out the gate and they're not at this high achieving level on day one because no one's talking about, well, there are steps. Like you will probably not launch a product unless you have an extensive audience and you have something pre-built already. You will probably not have like a 100K launch on day one. And there's so many programs that are designed like you're going to get 10k today like 10k in like four weeks like for like a new person and I'm sure it does happen I don't know anyone who hasn't pre-built and established a community and like what they're doing that has hit 10k in their very very first launch that didn't come from like a celebrity backing or already had an extensive like tens of thousands of people audience So I feel like that's one of those things that no one talks about, like, yeah, business is going to be hard, but you can just keep building and it doesn't have to be right on day one. Like, God help me if I was still doing everything that I did on day one. (laughs) (laughs) But you do, you learn, you evolve, you adapt. And, you know, a lot of it is around being able to put your hands up and going, I've got it wrong, but that doesn't mean I failed. You know, I'm learning. This is, this is what I'm doing. Um, But I think what's, what's really interesting as well is, you know, having, having done this for a little while is there does seem to be a real shift and you know business before consumers were quite easily manipulated like you know you're you're quite easily pulled down different pipelines and and you see an offer and it's too good to be true so therefore that's the offer for me whereas I think now consumers and you know we're far more savvy we're consumers obviously you know and we we understand now that if something's too good to be true it probably is and we have this growing level of distrust of people who are promising the earth to us and who are very obviously salespeople. that the entrepreneurs that are more around relationship building and trust building and connecting with people are doing so much better than those people who are results driven and this is the time of the female entrepreneur in that respect you know this is the stuff that we're good about uh, that that we're good at so it's really not all about that it's not all about that quick cash grab which I feel like for some things it totally is there's like I'm just coming in I'm just gonna make a bunch of money and then I'm gonna get out Mm. I'm like this is what I would like to do long term Mm. career wise now that I've found it it's gonna evolve it's gonna look different next year than it did last year and Mm. I feel like that should be the fun of it the whole point of like owning a business is you get to do kind of what you want with it and if you want to change it up you can it doesn't have to be so crazy set in stone at all times if 2020 taught us nothing it's that it's totally okay to pivot like pivoting is so vital and crucial and welcome and accepted and just super super exciting so when you think back to like getting into business what do you think was like the most painful lesson that you learned early on about getting into business I'm absolutely 100% not trusting my gut instinct like we got four years down the line and whether it comes came to prototyping whether it came to making decisions on the manufacturing whether it was around decisions to do with our target audience our guts knew we're like oh this is this is what we think is right but we don't quite trust that so let's employ 
a professional. Let's employ someone to come and tell us what we need to do. And we would waste nine, 10 months. We'd waste thousands of pounds going around in circles and ended up exactly where we thought we should be. And it took us far longer and cost us far more money than it should have done to get to that point where we're like, why didn't we just trust our gut? And it comes from a fear of failing. It's like, well, we've, we've never done this before. Plus you can see it in the people's eyes across the table. You've got these blokes running the manufacturing plants and whatever, and they're looking at you like, you don't know what you're talking about what the hell are you doing wasting my time and you can't help but absorb that you know when, when you don't have that conviction of I'm I'm 100% certain I know what I'm doing you you do feed off the room and I think when you are a natural empath you do you're looking for that external validation that you're doing the right thing you're making the right decisions and I think you know having that time over and, and we, we do you know we're, we're very different entrepreneurs now and we're much more do you know what what's the worst that happens if we get it wrong you know ultimately who cares and I, I do this work with my clients now where I get them to really sanity check the job descriptions that they're placing around their roles so you know their role as an entrepreneur or a business owner their role as a mother their role as a wife whatever it might be it's like we've all got different roles these different job descriptions that we attach to these roles and they're different for everybody so your job description that you give to yourself as, a, as an entrepreneur will be different to mine because it's based on how you're brought up, your inherited beliefs, your experiences as a child, what TV programs and media you consumed as a child. And we've developed this, to be a good entrepreneur, I need to do X, Y, Z. And it's crap. You know, it's, it is nonsense because it's just your view. That's all it is. It's just your view. But what we end up with is, is we end up in these positions where we don't trust our gut instincts because we go, well, to fail, you know, it's, a good entrepreneur turns over a million pounds a year and employs a team of three people. So if I don't achieve that by next year, then I failed as an entrepreneur. You think, no, it's nonsense. Um, does that resonate? I don't, I don't even know if that's answered the question, but yeah, the thing I regret is, is not listening to that gut. And that's the explanation as to where that, that's come from, I think. I think knowing that every single one, everyone's journey is going to look different is so... Yeah is so important because for a while, like in the beginning, I was just, I wanted to copy all these people I thought were mm -hmm. successful because I was like, oh, they're doing it. So if I just do exactly what they're doing, I will also be successful. And I just threw my own personality, how I actually handle things, what I really wanted just out the freaking window. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. you know, but they're doing it and it's going great. And then it did not work for me. And I was just like, maybe I'm not meant to do this because mm -hmm. this this specific program and this specific person telling me this specific strategy didn't work at all. Even though at the same time I was telling people like, oh, you have to have to try different things. I was literally telling people, oh, you just try a bunch of things until you find what fits. But I'm over here just like, I did it this one way and it didn't work. And now I'm never going to be able to do anything ever again mm. like, because I wasn't trusting my first instinct. I wasn't because I was inexperienced, I just assumed that I was going to get everything wrong and that yeah. I needed yeah. an authority figure to tell me what to do because I was, in a way, it was me kind of passing on my own failure and blaming it on somebody else, mm. me not willing to take the action to try new things it was like I failed this and this program didn't work for me so it was like, I was like blaming the program in some way for me not just owning that oh that's not what I wanted to do I'm just gonna try something different and that was probably like the rough couple months I like condensed my life 
really quickly, I pivoted from my old job to like trying to go all in on this. And I failed a lot in the first, like, just like the first four months. I was just like throwing spaghetti at the wall, just hoping <laughs> literally for the best. Trying. I, love that I think I enrolled in like two different like coaching programs. I like got a coach, like a mini business coach with like my one idea. And I was just like all these different directions. And I wasn't ever, I did not consider like, what do I actually want to do with my business? Probably until like six months into it. When I was, what am I actually doing? What do I actually want to help people do? What is the actual point of this? And when I got clear on that, my next launch was like a breeze. Yeah. I was just like, this is what, this is what I'm supposed to do. Not what they're doing. Not what that person's doing. What I am supposed to do. Because the whole point of coaching is it's an individual experience like you aren't like you pick your coach based off of like that specific person not necessarily the exact strategy it's going to be like how you vibe with them the energy absolutely what they have to offer yeah. yeah and for me I was just like that's literally what I tell the people and I'm over here just like not taking my own damn advice <laughs> I mean just take my own because advice. we're emotionally invested you know and actually I think doing what we do to have to be you know, and I'm doing air quotes here, rejected, you know, it feels very personal because if, if you're not the right fit for somebody, then it's, it's, you're not the right fit for somebody, not your business, not your product, not anything else. You're not the right fit, but actually, you know, to work with somebody that you have that connection with, where somebody can be truly vulnerable with you, that you can be really honest and authentic with them. There's a power in that relationship that is unlike anything else. That's, that is a very different thing to talking to friends and family or because they're emotionally invested as well. You know, this is, this is around you guys showing up in a safe space and being able to just tumble out whatever needs to come out and, and you unpick it and you make sense of it. Um, but I, I think you're absolutely right. You nailed it. I think, you know, it's not until you become really straight with yourself about what you want to do and what you want to achieve and what your purpose is. Like, why am I here? What, what is it that lights a fire under my backside to be able to, to do this job? And you're really authentic in the way you speak to people, because if you're trying to use someone else's scripts and somebody else's methods, you know, we're we're intelligent beings. We're we're more intelligent than our left brain. We have this gut feel, you know, you you know, when someone's not being authentic with you, you can't put your finger on it, but there's something there that that is a distrust. And that comes from not being authentic. And, you know, you try and copy somebody else, you try and be somebody else. And that is always going to show up in those relationships you're trying to build with other people. And it's like when you're starting, it's it's so scary because you just get so in your head, like, I've never done this, so I need to copy and do what all these other people are doing. And when you're like showing up on social media, if you're like that kind of a coach and your social media is how you are posting and getting clients, if how you talk on a story or an Instagram live or a Facebook live and your captions is one way and then all of a sudden you're using a script in your dms with somebody that person is going to be like they they don't (laughs) yeah this like nothing else like if they've been following you and they hear you talk and they know what you're like and then they just get like this copy pasted message like even though you think like you're taking that action to reach out and talk to people Mm. at this point in social media everyone questions everything a little bit so they can take like four seconds to click a post and be like you use none of these words and all of this sentence structure is super out of left field and like that's not how you talk and they're either gonna immediately think somebody else is sending your messages 
or you are totally just out to get their money because you're sending the same message to like all of these people. So it's, so when you're just starting the most, like being consistent just across like who you are, like you're allowed to just show up as you are and you can just tell people that you're just starting something. Like, honestly, tell people that like you are going to start doing this thing and as scary as that moment is going to be pressing post on like an announcement post will not kill you it it won't and if somebody is not going to be supportive who cares there's people who are going to be and strangers on the internet are surprisingly probably more supportive than people in your real life from the get-go because they don't have any like emotional attachment to like your success they don't have some preconceived notion of who you are and where you've been whereas your friends and family sometimes will kind of judge it because they're like well that's weird or why are you doing this or like nobody makes money doing that I'm like let's lie people like a lot of money doing this and they have a good time and I'm sorry that you want to be miserable in life that you're living right now because so many people don't think they have like options because we're at least here we're not raised to have that kind of like outside of the box thing like we go to school and we're taught get a job go to college get a degree get a job live your job until you're 65 retire travel for like eight years die that's it (laughs) like hey here's your life reading yeah like this is your life you're always working for retirement and I always hated the idea of that I didn't know how that would ever be not what I was doing but I always knew that I didn't want that and like lots of people say they don't want that and then don't ever start like you can fail hundreds of thousands of times before you get something that works like we have electricity because somebody failed a bunch of times I have an iPhone because somebody failed a lot a lot Nobody walked out of Apple one day, like after like a half-hearted meeting with like an iPhone that was years. And sometimes it's going to take years, but if you literally don't start, like you're going to be in the same place. Like that's, that became scarier to me. Being in the same place became scarier than failing, learning, failing some more, learning some more stuff. And we just don't get that. Like growing up, like if you fail, that you are shamed, you are made fun of, you are seen as less worthy. We teach kids some crazy shit. Yeah. Like, oh no, like and, if you and fail. The, the society that gets around them, you know, it's like kids, young kids, they're not afraid, they're not afraid to fail. You know, you I've watched both my children learn to walk. Do you know what I mean? And it's like they get up, they fall over, they get up, they fall over, they get up, they fall. This is 50, 100 times a day. And not once do they believe they're never going to walk. Like they know they're going to walk because they've seen other people doing it and they know it's a thing and they don't give up. And it's, I, I think, you know, we're, I was talking to somebody the other day about our education system and how they're working with young people coming out of university and trying to get them to adjust this perfectionist mindset because they've gone through their whole school life being you know tested and judged and they're doing exams and and everything is benchmarking and comparing themselves to others because that's the way the schooling system is set up and then suddenly they go into the real world and and they're they're told go and get a job or create a job be an entrepreneur be creative and they can't shift this mindset that has been so formative that 
but I'm constantly going to be judged. I'm co- I have to be perfect at everything. Yeah. I had, I wrapped up everything about my life into academics. The, my junior year of college, I got an A minus in my Japanese class, like winter term, it wrecked my spring break. I cried for days. I went to this woman and I begged her to change it to an A because like, I was just like point percentage away and an A minus knocked my GPA down from a 4.0 and I was destroyed. And then I graduated and then I went out to the real world and literally no one cared. Nobody cared (laughs) that I had a 4.0 where I did all this stuff. They were like, oh good, you went to college. Cool. Okay. Moving on. Nothing. (laughs) And And I had a bit of an existential crisis. Like I had a great insurance job. Nobody asked me about my college education. Nobody cared. And I was like, what did I just spend every waking moment of my life obsessing about to be perfect, to have all this, to go out into like getting a job and have it not matter. I was like, I had nothing but just like disdain for myself if I wasn't overachieving because I was like that's what I'm supposed to do because mm-hmm. I don't want to be like those people those other kids who are failing who are literally having more fun with their lives and actually like, what what's interesting as well yeah. is you know you, you got a, you, a, a massive proportion of people coming out of the schooling system and getting into the corporate system which is a continuation of you know it is about perfections it is about targets and and, and performance and to then get, you know, to 40s, 50s, and go, I'm going to start my own business and come out. It, it's, it sounds so easy for us to say, failing's fine. You know, you've got to fail. That's fine. Be comfortable with failures. How can you possibly unprogram that length of time of this perfectionist, you know, training effectively? It's um, so hard. And I think what I hated the most about schooling now, looking back, it made sense at the time that these scholarships that I was going to get were tied directly to my academic achievement, which yeah. meant that, cause like my parents didn't have money to pay for me to go to college. No, none of that. So I had so many scholarships based off of like my merit and I had to maintain certain grades to keep them. So I was like, good grades equals money. No, no, no. It did yeah. not. In outside of that, it did not. But the idea that like I could just like make money and not everything had to be perfect all of the time. Like the first time I messed up somebody's like insurance enrollment form, I thought I was getting fired. They were just like, oh no, you do it like this. You just you you filled this out wrong. I was just sobbing because I thought I was getting fired from this job. And I was just like, they're like, oh no, we, you can fix it. It's easy. Oh, you can fix it. I don't get, it's not like a test where my grade is permanent. Like I learned what I was wrong, but like, it still counts against me. It was, it was stupid hard to believe that I was allowed to have shortcomings and fail and not be perfect. And that's probably really why I didn't start a business for that's yeah. why I like stayed as a cute idea because I was like, well, I don't have those skills. Maybe one day when I get those skills and I can do it all perfect, come to find like all these people that I admired that I just assumed like woke up one day and were, you know, business gurus and fabulous, mm-hmm. like failed a lot, but they didn't talk about the fact that they failed a lot. People do now. People are like, yeah, maybe we should normalize that and just be like, you know, it kind of sucked to get here. And normalize that you're going to go through 
a lot, a lot, a lot of things to get to the other side. And that's okay. Because yeah, and, and it, you know, it's having it's having people to to have the courage to show their vulnerability, you know, to show what didn't work, to show that they did cry and they they were you know ready to give up and because you don't you, you're right you don't see that you see the shiny finished article you see the iphones you see the product on the shelf whatever it might be and and we, we tend to go into starting a business with this vision going this is this is what it's going to end up this is why i'm working towards this but what you don't foresee is all these little bumps in the road on the way there that you know you end up taking so personally and this is without a doubt the biggest barrier to people starting businesses is this belief system is this and and it nine times out of ten it comes down to a fear of failure even even when you talk about a fear of success is ultimately a fear of failure you know it's a fear of what if I get too big because then if I fail that's a big deck of cards that crumbles to the ground you know and and this fear of failure you know it's it's a it's a toxic pandemic you know that we are dealing with at the moment um and you know we're, we're doing some work at the moment we're, we're writing a program that we can take out to um secondary schools i don't know what the equivalent is in in america in structurally um but this is children between the ages of sort of 11 and 16 with the intention of, of hitting girls around the age of 14 to talk to them about these belief systems and where they've come from and why failure is okay and just do some empowerment work and also show our vulnerabilities you know provide as a role model as somebody who's running a business and who has found it hard and has shouted at their kids and felt so guilty about it, you know, just all this dirty stuff that nobody ever really talks about. And that's, that's a really important part of what we do because, you know, you see it time and time again, that the, these women that I, I deal with, I, I offer everybody a free first coaching call. And I know we, we talked about this before in terms of, you know, it's so important that you can resonate with somebody that you can connect with somebody and that they can feel vulnerable with you. And it's one of the reasons why I do that, but all of them without doubt, something has happened between the ages of say seven and 14 that has shaped a decision they've made about themselves, a belief that they hold about themselves or the world around them. And that then becomes part of their fabric, part of their brain fabric and their emotional fabric as they go into adulthood. And it's so real, Cassie. You know, it's like, this isn't, they don't see it as a limiting belief. They see it as reality. That is what's going to happen. That is what I'm capable of. That is what other people think. Um, and it's nonsense. It's like for like the phrase boys will be boys. Boys are allowed to like mess up and do all these things and they're just off running wild. But like girls who try to like step outside the box, it's like, mm -hmm. oh no, you you can't do that. No, 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 you should you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. Like you someone like you doesn't do that. Girls don't do that. Yeah. Oh, what will people think is another one. That oh, that's not very <sighs> ladylike or that, yeah. Yes, that's not what girls do. Yeah. Well, excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is what girls do because girls can do literally anything. Guys can do anything. Girls can do anything. There's literally, I mean, guys can't even do anything. They can't have babies. Like, <laughs> y'all, like <laughs> women, that's always, that's something that always like blows my mind. It's just like, how do people not think that women are just like automatically superheroes? We can grow humans. We literally grow humans so sometimes that frustrates me just like in all like business areas at least in I don't know how it is there but like in the states we don't have jack for maternity leave nobody cares if you have a kid you could lose your job if you can't come back from your maternity leave people will literally not hire you if you're pregnant they'll be like oh they're gonna have to go I'm gonna have to pay their insurance and it's like y'all crazy people where do you think y'all came from y'all came from women like women had you 
and and now you're just like well you know moms you know you don't want like because they're going to just care about their kids more like they can't do all the things actually they can do literally all the things and more because they have to guys I'm just a corporate executive my wife handles the kids and then like probably does everything for me so I just like show up and hang out I'm just like I went no. back to work three, three days a week after having my daughter. So I, I had a year off, went back to work and I achieved basically my full-time job in three days. And everyone's like, how, how are you managing to do that? It's like, cause I, I don't know. My brain has just changed. Like, you know, when, when, the, when the baby is sleeping, I've got 30 minutes to do everything. So I do everything at home. It's just you know? so productive, like timelines, yeah. like we can condense everything into like, this tiny frame like my husband's like how do you get all these things done I'm like I don't know I have a time management (laughs) just 